Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The drama was real at Melbourne Rectangular Stadium and the U.S. women's national team are out of the Women's World Cup, the earliest exit in their history. Sweden victorious 5-4 on penalties in what was a drama-filled night. Welcome to the post-game show on Optus Sport and if you're joining us on the Optus Sport Football Podcast, I'm Neve Owens alongside Chloe Legazzo, Jess McDonald and Heather Garriok. H, if I can start with you, from a Swedish perspective, they held on and held on through 120 minutes of football. The USA had 11 on t- attempts on target to Sweden's one and Musevich at the back for Sweden was immense. Immense. It's the, it's the game of a life but you want to have the game of your, your life when, you, when you're playing in a, in a round of 16 uh, tournament like this but look Sweden, Sweden always do that. Defence is, their, is, is such their strong suit but the US, credit to them, they came out absolutely firing and, and we didn't expect it and yeah before the, before the match, uh, I personally had written them off in terms of their style of play. But, gee, they peppered the goal. Um, and that's Alex Morgan. And, look, I'm sure if she had a time again, she could have headed the ball down in, in the opposite corner. But, look, it was brilliant to see Rodman. She, she was electric. Um, Fox down the right-hand side as well. There was just so many opportunities the US created. But Sweden were just too tight in their defence and they held on and they held on and then they held on and then they played for penalties. They switched to a 4-2-3-1 tonight. Jess, some of the tactics that you've been calling for throughout the tournament, they found that form, they found that flow, but they couldn't find the goals. Yeah, that's what this USA side has been lacking is, you know, scoring goals. And, you know, you have some of the best goal scorers in the world playing on this team and they weren't able to capitalise, but... I have to give player of the match to Musevic. I mean, she was on her A game. We had to even Google, who does this girl play for? Who, who is this woman? You know, so she really stepped up for her country today and she, she really kept them in it. And we have to give her a lot of credit because she had some terrific, very world-class saves that, you know, had my baby twisted and turned inside of my belly. So it and had me at the edge of my seat, to be honest. Even, even I clapped for her, like, good save. And the amount of times that I said that today, hats off to her. She's not the starting keeper at Chelsea in the WSL. She had the game of her life tonight, Chloe. Yeah, these are the games that you're waiting to play and she really stepped up for her country because if she didn't pull out those saves, the US would have been 2 or 3-0. So for her to be able to do that is just tremendous. Let's relive some of the penalty drama at the end of 120 minutes of football because, H, we had five faultless penalties to start the shootout before four consecutive misses, including Megan Rapinoe. Including this one. You would never, you would never see Pino miss a, miss a penalty like that. And then also to, to come across, it's just what a great save from Naya. I think she played just as good as Musevich. Um, but this one in particular... Wow, for, uh, this is Smith. Young Smith will never forget that of her whole career. That was the turning point and obviously her ticks stepped up and um, her penalty was average but in the end Naya saved it and it went over the went over the line and a celebration from Sweden. So we got to sudden death time, Chloe, in this shootout. We saw O'Hara step up and miss 
and that gave Hertig the opportunity to win it for Sweden. Yeah, look, you know, they're the decisions that are made <clears throat> to bring on a player to, to take a PK and for her to be able to step up and miss is, is devastating. You know, and also to get to the PKs, it's, it's horrible to lose like this in PKs and then for it to come down to a decision where we literally have to go to the VAR to see if it's, it's gone in or not. Um, is heartbreaking for the United States. It's a beautiful save and unfortunately she just did not get there just in time. Drama, confusion, Jess, at this point, but ultimately the right decision was reached. Yeah, I, I'm gutted for Alyssa. She did everything she could to obviously keep the ball, you know, out of the goal, but, you know, good, good on Sweden's side, you know, at the end of the day. So to hang in there for 120 minutes and win in PKs, Honestly, this is a very memorable game, memorable game for the Swedish side and, you know, for the USA, for those who, who missed their chances today, they will also remember that for the rest of their lives. So, regardless, it was, it was a very dramatic, like, penalty kick, you know, <laughs> over time. And so, that, it, it gave us everything that we wanted. The drama, H. We felt sick here in the studio. Jess has a connection to the US, but even without a connection to either of these sides, you felt the anxiety, the pressure on these players in the shootout. Yeah, we felt sick for the US because we know what the US have always been and they've always been the trailblazers when it comes to football. And um, we've always looked up to them, especially in Australia. And now that we've I think Australia's caught them and other countries have caught them, um, then we need to thank them and respect the US soccer to be the trailblazers for so, so long and have some of the best systems, some of the best, um, you know, in terms of equal pay, in terms of trailblazing when it comes to mothers on, on teams. Um, they've always been amazing. And for past players, I, I know past players have seen this team and spoken about this team the last couple of weeks and how they haven't worn the jersey with pride. I think today they really stepped up and... They would, they would turn around and say, you know what, today they put it in a stern performance. And yeah, they deserve to win and they didn't win because of the penalties, but they walk away with their heads held high and they, they left, the, left, left the jersey in a nice place. They've won the Women's World Cup four times. They've never finished outside the top three at a Women's World Cup in history. Let's hear from their boss now, Vladko Andonovsky. Vladko probably hard to put it into words the emotion right now the fight from your team how would you describe the way this entire match played so, out so proud of the team so proud of the girls uh, uh, of the women on the on the field and everybody outside I mean they, they uh, I know they were criticized or we were criticized for the way we played and uh, I know we were criticized for different moments uh, through in the group stage I, I think we came out today and showed uh, show, show what we're all about okay showed uh, the, the grit, the resilience, the fight, the bravery. Okay, showed everything that we could to win the game. And uh, unfortunately, soccer can be cruel sometimes. For it to go to penalties and to end in that fashion, with the confusion at the end, what was your message to the players when you were huddled around? I mean, the message uh, is, uh, this is this is something we've worked on. This is something that, that uh, we, uh, we, we're ready for. We've been working on penalties uh, for uh, the last nine months, ten months, something like that. And uh, it's just sometimes, you know, sometimes uh, you're not going to hit the right one. What does the future hold for you, Vlako, and for this team and the direction that you want the U.S. national team to go after this early exit? I mean, first, uh, we look at this team 
five players that started the game are uh, first time in the tournament. Young players, Naomi Germa, Emily Fox, Sophia Smith, uh, Trinity Rodman. Uh, you know, these, are, these are players that will be here for, uh, for years to come, for tournaments to come. This tournament is a, is a great experience for them and uh, I, I think they'll dominate uh, the next one together with uh, uh, the players that uh, unfortunately couldn't make it like uh, Mel Pugh and, uh, and Katerina Macario. This, uh, this team has got a very bright future and uh, I'm glad we could, uh, we could give them the opportunity that we did. Thank you, Vladko. Thank you very much. Vladko Andonovsky, the coach of the US women's national team, speaking after their loss on pens to Sweden in Melbourne. H, really interesting post-game interview there. A very tough one for the coach to do, especially considering how they dominated 120 minutes of football. But for Vladko Andonovsky himself, what happens next? What happens from here? Because football is a tough, cutthroat game. Yeah, it certainly is, especially when you're coaching the US national team and the expectation is to win the World Cup. Um, I thought that interview was brave from him, from him and he gave a lot of credit to his players and the character and the grit, which is fantastic, but I didn't once hear him talk about himself and, and the responsibility he has as a coach and how it's really important that he is the leader, obviously plays the team that he does, and at the end of the day he got out in the round of 16 and so there was no responsibility from him at all. But again, it's such a big moment within his career, you would never rehearse something like that. Um, but. Yeah, in terms of him, I'm sure he would know uh, what his future holds um, based on the result today. Plenty of questions asked about the style of play the US Women's National Team brought to this tournament, Jess, through the group stage. But he changed that formation today. He made the switch to a 4-2-3-1. We saw a response. They just couldn't find the goals to make it count. Yeah, and being in that final third, it's been very unfortunate for the United States and defensively I mean they've been absolutely incredible one goal against this entire tournament I mean you got to give credit to them for just that alone but as far as scoring goals that's what you know a lot of these players are out there for is is scoring bangers that's their job and you know they just they didn't put them away so hopefully you know you move on from this and you continue to get better and really now focus on on club ball at this point Lindsay Horan is the skipper of this side. It was a real captain's knock in Melbourne today. She loomed large in the box a number of times and she spoke after the loss just a short time ago. Lindsay, from start to finish, this was such a strong performance for your team. But for it to end in that fashion, describe the emotion that you're going through, that your teammates are going through right now. Well, first and foremost, I'm so proud of the team. Uh, you know, a lot went into this performance and it was kind of changing gears and, and playing like us and, and playing our style and being confident and patient and all of those things. We went out and did it. And, you know, I think we played beautiful football today and we entertained and we, we created chances. We didn't score. Um, and this is part of the game. Penalties, uh, to be frank, they suck. <laughs> They're cruel. Uh, I've gone through too many in my, my career and, and this is, you know, I, I'm proud of every player that stepped up to take a penalty today. You know, score or miss, it's, it's, it's courageous to go take a penalty. So I'm, I'm very proud of my team. This is a different situation for your team with this early exit from a World Cup. What are you saying to your teammates about the future and where this team goes from here? Well, I think you just saw it on the field today, you know. You know being able to come out of the group stage where we didn't perform our best and, and changing it to, to this kind of performance, this is what this team's going to be made of. You know, so many young players coming through and, 
absolutely killing it. Look at how incredible Naomi was this entire tournament. So, so many. You know, Nate plays like she's 30. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. She's first World Cup and she's one of the best players on the team. Congratulations, Lindsay. Thanks for the time. Thank you so much. Lindsay Horan, she stepped up herself. She took the second PK tonight and converted her spot kick. She had opportunities during the game as well, Jess. A couple of terrific headers, but Musevic up to the task. Talk to us about what the response will be like at home in the States. It was a much improved performance, but will it be results-based? Oh, it's definitely results-based. I mean, if you, if you look at the CV of the USA Women's National Team, I mean, it's, it's absolutely remarkable. And they didn't play up to standard throughout this entire tournament, up until they played against Sweden, still didn't score. They, they still didn't seal the deal. And so there's going to be a lot of questions being asked about, you know, players, maybe even staff, who knows. But obviously there will be some changes because that's just how it is at this level, professionally, internationally, whatever the case may be, because you want to continue to have a winning program. One of the most difficult things to do in sports is stay a winning program, to stay at the top. That is the most challenging thing. And so the United States came at, you know, a little bit of a low at this point, and how can we get back up? And some changes are definitely going to have to be made moving forward. One of those changes will be Megan Rapinoe not appearing in that jersey that has become iconically hers. She's one of the greatest of all time, H, and has been such a leader within this US system for so long. Talk to us about her impact on the sport itself internationally. Yeah, I can talk about a young Megan Rapinoe that just graduated from Portland College and she walked in the dining hall when I first uh, played for Chicago Red Stars and her personality is exactly the same as her personality as it is today. She um, has been very authentic, you know, stands up for what she believes in and, and does things the right way. Obviously a, a live wire player, European style kind of player. She was a really different kind of player with both feet that, that come out of the, the American scene. But wow, she's she set the, the game alight, but not only on the field, off the field as well. Her ad advocacy um, for, you know, equality, gender equality, um, you know, humanitarian, uh, whatever it may be, has been next level and she's been brave in, in stepping up for what she believes in and, and for that she should walk away from this jersey and the national team super proud because I tell you what, I know a lot of young boys and girls and, and gen generally people um, think she's a, a fabulous role model and uh, by her missing the penalty today won't define her. Yeah, for, for myself, growing up and watching her play and her being an icon in, in women's football, she's been phenomenal for the game and, and what she can do on and off the field has been tremendous. So don't want to discredit her in any way of anything that she's ever done because her leaving this game um, for this World Cup, she's going to be missed on the world stage. It's going to be hard to not see her um, at more World Cups, but what she's left for this game, she's left it way better than when she found it. And we need to give her all of the credit for that. She's a player, Jess, that has always understood the power of her voice and her platform off the field as well as on it. In 2019, when your side was having the disagreements with the Federation back at home, really fighting for equality, she would come through the mix zone after a game and she would speak to every journalist from every nationality around the world and she'd take that time to promote women's football and that need for gender equality internationally. Absolutely, and one of the most beautiful things going into that World Cup in France was the simple fact that every crowd that we played in front of, everyone was chanting equal pay. And 
I firmly believe, you know, in my opinion, that's what won us that World Cup. We, we had something to fight for. And it wasn't even just our lawsuit. This wasn't just for equity and equality for ourselves. This was equity and equality for all the little girls who want to be in our shoes, who we don't want to go through the, the struggle that we had gone through growing up and, you know, playing for this program. But also all the females worldwide and women followed suit in every career field that you can possibly think of. I mean, we, we met with actresses, CEOs, I mean, you name it, just people approaching us um, just because of us using our voice. And obviously, Megan Rapino was the lead of that, you know, so we give her a lot of credit. But, you know, to be able to pave the way globally is absolute next level. And Megan Rapino will go down as a legend, but her job's not done yet. <laughs> She's just getting started. Yeah. That's the thing. I cannot wait to see what she does next, you know, live after international football. Let's throw it back to Sweden and what happened on the park now, H, because while this wasn't the performance of their World Cup so far, they got the job done, they go again. Do they have what it takes to really push Japan now, who they'll meet in that quarterfinal? I think Japan will be happy that they've played 120 minutes and they uh, played the way that they did because you wouldn't draw confidence from that. Maybe they won and got through and beat the USA, but the way in which they played, I, I, I thought they, in the first half, they adapted to uh, the US uh, too much. They dropped off. The spaces in between lines were too great. It just wasn't the Sweden team that we've seen, the well-oiled machine that gets the ball, possesses a ball, takes it down the line, bombs on and puts crosses in and, and their set plays were average as well today. So, look, I, I think they'll look at this performance and think maybe we probably needed to go for it from the start. But again, they'll take the win. Um, but they'll need to do a bit more um, than what they've done today against Japan, that's for sure. They still haven't conceded, Chloe. In 120 minutes today, they didn't concede a goal. They've conceded just one goal in this Women's World Cup so far. This is a team that is very tough to break down. Yeah, you can see it. They sit in their bank and they're able and they're well, well oiled in their regards of being able to defend their box. And Obviously, when your keeper's pulling out saves like that, it's tremendous. But this is what they've been for the last eight years. They've always been so good in their defence and being able to ride out games. So it is Sweden who go through to the quarterfinal. The US are out of the Women's World Cup. And it was a record crowd in Melbourne that got to witness the drama tonight. And now the most attended Women's World Cup in history with 12 games to go. It has been remarkable, this tournament already. And we're going to have a look at what's coming up for you in the round of 16 on the other side of this break here on Optus Sport. Coming up on Optus Sport, the round of 16 continues. Sudden death football is here. Tomorrow, we cannot wait. 4.30 Eastern, Nigeria play a sensational England. And then it's the big one. 7.30 Eastern, go you good things. The Aussies take on Denmark for a place in the quarterfinals. Jamaica are through and not one team has scored against them. Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, can surprise packet Colombia find a way? And at 8.30 Eastern, the Titans of France face surprise packet Morocco. The round of 16. Every game is live on Optus Sport. Welcome back to the post-game show where we have just witnessed the Netherlands down South Africa and end the fairy tale. Thomas Sorensen, it wasn't necessarily the most clinical performance from the Dutch, but South Africa certainly gave it to them. I think South Africa can be really proud of what they've done in this tournament, also what they've done today. I think they'll rue their missed chances. You know, they had 
a couple in the first half and, and a couple in the second half as well that could have made a difference. But they were up against the goalkeeper of the tournament, Daphne van Domsla. I thought she was absolutely magnificent. Uh, you know, she made crucial saves at 0-0 at 1-1, uh, sorry, 1-0. Uh, the one-on-one -on -one against the Catalana, I thought, you know, the way she just, uh, you know, stood up and uh, took control of that situation and she kept it on for the rest of the game and, and merely, I think that was the difference because the Dutch, for me, didn't do enough, you know, they, they got one goal from a set play and then the keeper for South Africa, Swart, made, made a, a big mistake for the second goal and, and that was about it, so you know, South Africa will be disappointed. And one thing we spoke about prior to this match was the return of Berenstein. I mean, what did you make of her performance? It was disjointed in the first half, but she did come through in the end. Yeah, I thought she struggled with the runs in, in the first half. She wanted everything centrally. Um, you know, she wanted the ball over the top. Instead of running out in the channels where there was plenty of space, but you could see that the coaching staff had talked to her because she did a much better job in the second half. She actually got herself uh, a fair few chances. Um, and, and yeah, they, they were definitely a lot, lot better in the second half. All right, well now the Netherlands take on Spain in the quarterfinals. Hasn't been happy hunting for them against the Spanish. Do they get the win though? Yeah, they've lost their last three games uh, and they'll be out without Daniel van der Donk who got her second yellow today and we'll see. You know, it, it, they need to perform better than uh, they did in the game against South Africa and you know, who knows? All right, sitting on the fence, well we will have to <laughs> wait and see but that's it from the SFS. Free, Tommy, thank you so much. H, you were at this game with 40,000 other fans at the Sydney Football Stadium a little bit earlier on. The Dutch not at their best, but getting the job done to progress. No, they weren't at their best. I, I think they were in third, third and fourth gear, to be honest. And the way they moved the ball around, I absolutely loved it. I, I, I love that Van der Donk pulled the strings in the middle of the park. Rod was unbelievable. And Berestein, look, this was just a, a shot and hope and, and a mistake from the keeper. But I think um, the Dutch, there's more to come uh, for sure, uh, but to not have Van der Donk for the match against Spain, and Spain knows how to play, obviously, and, and the, the combination play we're going to see in Spain is a huge, huge loss. But for Van der Donk, I love her passion. I love how she goes up against it. I love her aggression. But in that moment, you're on a yellow card. You're one of the most important, crucial players in the middle of the park. You don't need to go in like that. It, it, it wasn't necessary at all. It was just a brain snap from her. And, and, and look, the, the team's going to miss her. And she knew about it after the game because she was in tears. It's a huge loss for the Dutch, Chloe. And you can see just how much it means to her at full time as well. Yeah, look, I've been that player to do silly things as well. So <laughs> I know how it feels. But um, yeah, look, it's, it's not smart from her. And she knows that. And she knows what position she's put her team in, in consideration with the fact that she is such an integral person in the team. So hopefully they'll have someone who can slot in there and do the job. They'll need them up against Spain. What a matchup that is for a spot in the World Cup semi-final. So we have a look at our road to the final one side starting to form. We'll have Japan up against Sweden. Took penalty kicks to get that win over the US women's national team. But Sweden progress. They'll take on Japan. Japan now the only former champion of the Women's World Cup who remains in the draw. Remarkable. We've lost three of the four. We've lost the USA. We've lost Germany. We've lost Norway. Will we have a new winner at this tournament in Australia and New Zealand? We're going to preview tomorrow's round of 16 action coming up on the other side of this break right here on Optus Sport.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the post-match wrap. And it's now less than 24 hours away until the Matildas play their round of 16 match against Denmark. Today at training, we saw there was a couple of players that were sitting out. Yeah, a few players being uh, managed for their load. Tegan Micah was one of those. The other one was Courtney Vine. And also Charlie Grant, we're keeping an eye on her. She was training, but she's still on that return to play concussion protocol. And where are we with Sam Kerr? We saw her on the bike. Yeah, they did mention she's on a day-on, day-off system. And, of course, day-on being tomorrow for game day. So they're just managing her. But she looked bright. She looked bubbly. The other player we also saw out there was Kaya Simon for the first time in boots. Do you think Tony Gustafsson will change anything ahead of this game? I think it's going to be fascinating to see how he does use Sam Kerr because there's a potential of 120 minutes football here. There's potential of penalties. So how much can she play? Does he need to use her? Will he is a great question. But I think from the starting 11 point of view, I would be surprised if he makes any changes at all. I think they performed exceptionally well. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect any surprises. And for Denmark, how do you think they will line up against, uh, against Australia? Yeah, I think if they've done their homework, they'll obviously be targeting a few players, trying to, like Hayley Rasso, they'll need to try and nullify her pace. I think that they'll sit deep, they'll sit compact, they'll allow Australia to have the ball, but um, it's knockout football. Anything can happen. And danger player for Denmark, Penel Harder? Yeah, absolutely. They've got a couple of stars. Penel Harder's one of those. They're, set, they're also quite dangerous on set pieces, so um, that's certainly something to watch. Well, we can't wait for this kickoff. Um, obviously, it's a massive game. It's a do or die. The Matildas must win, and we believe they will. Schwartzy, Chappie, we cannot wait either. This is a massive clash coming up for you on Optus Sport tomorrow night. They mentioned Penilla Harder there and how dangerous she is for Denmark. How important will Katrina Gori and Kyra Cooney-Crosby in really limiting her space? Yeah, look, it's going to be uh, a big shift for them, especially if she decides to drop in a little bit and pick up the ball more in that central area and start driving at the back line. Um, but they've been putting on some serious work, those two, anyway. So I've got, I've got no troubles with them being able to handle it. Do you expect Denmark to set up quite defensively, H, and really force the Matildas to create that space, to find that space themselves? Yeah, they've, they've done the, their video for sure. They're, they are going to sit, sit defensively. They're not going to um, play and be a possession-based team. like they, They're not going to change what they do because they know that we've got weapons all over the park. And in terms of that, I just think that um, we need to... We need to play our own game and, of course, there's not going to be any changes. You're not going to change a winning team and a winning formula for the Matildas, but I think Denmark may try and frustrate the Matildas. But for us, we're in the box seat. We're confident. Denmark have had a bit of a makeshift right back, Jess. So when you think about the likes of Steph Catley and Caitlin Ford and their danger that they've been posing down the left edge, that could be an area where the Aussies have a bit of success. Oh, yeah, they're foaming at the mouth right now. (laughs) I I definitely would. It's like, okay, this is their weakest link and this is where we play. Steph Catley and and Caitlin Ford, I mean, they've been playing so well together, like peanut butter and jelly. That's so American of me. (laughs) They they have been absolutely amazing. And one of my favourite things to see in sports is when, you know, players just link up so well and Caitlin Ford and Steph Catley have been doing that during during this World Cup and it's been amazing to see 
And so I think Denmark is really going to struggle from that side because that's where the powerhouse is. But I also mentioned Katrina Gorey before this tournament even started because she was a pain to play against when she was playing for <laughs> Brisbane when I played in the A-League this year. And I gave a lot of credit to her before this tournament even started. I was like, she, she's going to be the heart and soul of this Matilda's side. Just by watching her play for her club and, and coming back after giving birth, which is just a, a phenomenal thing, you know. So I have to give her praise for that. But I'm excited to see what she's also going to do in this midfield for the Matildas moving forward. As the only unbiased member of this panel, how does this game play out? I think the Matildas are going to have a field day. I, I really think they do. I, I think they're going to be on their front foot just like last game. And, and to be honest, they surprised me going up against Canada. They really did because this is the side of, of the Matildas we have not seen in years. I've never seen, as long as I've lived, I've never seen the Matildas play this way. They've always had the talent. But there's always just something missing. All they had was just a little bit more fire last game against Canada. I'm like, oh, that's the Matilda side that I've been wanting to see. And without Sam Kerr, that's just cherry on top. So I definitely see them on their front foot just like last game. Keep that momentum and that confidence going. They're 100% going to bring that fire at Stadium Australia tomorrow night. And you can see it here on Optus Sport. Round of 16 action continues tomorrow. The nine-time African champs Nigeria up against the champions of Europe, England. Chloe, we saw Serena Weigman with a formation change last start. They'd won their opening two games, but they absolutely lit it up in group game three. Yeah, look, she had to make the change without having Kira Walsh there, but they did tremendous. And I think Lauren James on screen right now has been phenomenal. Her ability to just get into those pockets and score unbelievable worldies is just immense for her age. And I think um, if they continue to keep playing the way that they're playing, they'll do really well. They've worked it out, haven't they? This is the structure, the formation, the team we see going forward. Yeah, who knows? But Serena's done a, such a great job to be able to adapt to, to the players that she's got ready. And, and look, I think the, this is... This this last game was the start of their tournament. I think we're going to see a lot more from England. I think Nigeria are going to have a tough job to, to beat England, especially with their, their flexibility, their wing-backs. You've got Rachel Daly, who bombs down that left-hand side, and then Lucy Bronze, who's arguably one of the best right-wing-backs in the world. Um, so, look, I think Nigeria play more of a defensive game um, with Ashwala up front and um, the transition moments to, to catch England out on the break like they did with Australia. So it's going to be a tough game, but I, I think England will be too good. If England do play three at the back, does that make them a little bit susceptible to Nigeria on the counter? Absolutely. That's that's a little iffy, simply because Nigeria, they're, they're very fast up top and they're really good on the transition as well. So you have to be very careful and very disciplined on the ball. If you're going to play a three back against a team like this, then you better be very confident on the ball because you want to have more possession than you are defending throughout this game. And that's going to be really tough just because the Nigerian side, regardless, they are very physical as well. They're going to want to push you off the ball and, you know, have that, that quick transition going forward. Yeah, and I think with bringing Daly back, you know, I think they were already aware that they were lacking in their back line, so they've had to bring her back. But Oshwala, you've seen, she's been able to convert from really tight spaces. So if they're given the opportunity, she can convert, even if it is just one chance. I'm excited for this game tomorrow afternoon right here at Optus Sport. You see England take on Nigeria before tomorrow night. Australia up against Denmark. And then on Tuesday, Colombia and Jamaica go head-to-head -head for a spot in the quarterfinals. And France up against Morocco. You feel, I know, H, that this French side is building beautifully into this tournament. They certainly are. And, and, and look, under... under ha, ha, the French coach, I think um, they've only just started their tournament. They played some quality football, and especially against Morocco, I think they had their best game last game. Heather Garriock, thank you so much for your company tonight.
No problem. Jess McDonald, you have done so well. Thank you for your energy and your vibe. <laughs> and I'm sorry that you girls are heading home today. All good. Hey, that's that's football for you. You know, we, we regroup from here. We move on. And, you know, I really wish every team all the best who is moving forward in this tournament because this tournament has kept everybody at their, their seat. And it's been a, ph a phenomenal tournament to watch so far. So I'm excited. Chloe Legazzo, your team goes in action tomorrow. I felt that anxiety from the middle today and I saw it with you last week. Yeah, look, um, there's going to be some tears. I'm not even going to deny it. But, yeah, I'm looking <laughs> forward to it to tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you so much for joining us for this round of 16 action on Optus Sport. We have now lost three of the four former World Cup winners. Germany, Norway and the USA are out. Japan, the only remaining former winner in the competition. Round of 16 action. It just keeps on delivering and it'll continue tomorrow here on Optus Sport. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.